Due to the COVID-19 self-quarantine, we were unable to film this week's readout and ask that you bear with us while we present an audio version and work on a satisfactory solution. I'm John Robson, and this is the Climate Discussion Nexus Readout, Episode 11. Every Wednesday at CDN, we put out an email called The Wednesday Wake Up, discussing the big climate news of the past week, significant opinion pieces, and developments in science. Then in these readout videos, and obviously because of the quarantine, we're still not able to film them the way we normally would, I take a few topics from the newsletter and offer some quick extra commentary. For more in-depth information, go to our website, that's climatediscussionnexus.com, subscribe to the Wednesday Wake Up, and have a look at our videos. Our YouTube channel is ClimateDN, and we've got lots there to think about. In the April 1st newsletter, we open with an item about how some well-known climate alarmists are trying to make the case that the same people who were skeptical about the coronavirus are also skeptical about the climate crisis and for the same reasons and with the same disastrous and boneheaded result. You might think it's not the ideal time for character assassination, but according to these folks, some of us are stuck in an atavistic, even conspiratorial mental space where we don't trust scientific experts. We deny any problems exist. We're too focused on the cost of fixing problems or on lining our own pockets, and we just won't give up any personal freedoms to serve the obvious public good. Frankly, it's not even much of an evidence-based theory, since politicians across the ideological spectrum were reluctant to act on the early COVID-19 warnings. Even an ardently pro-Paris climate accord alarmist like our own Justin Trudeau was conspicuously slow to close the border and impose social distancing, even compared to the U.S. under Donald Trump. Now, in our view, the real issue isn't that politicians struggled to come to terms with the decisions they suddenly had to make, or that some people are evil dolts. It's that many climate activists simply don't think in terms of trade-offs, and they don't understand why so many people, some in positions of leadership, others not, do think in terms of trade-offs, understand that to gain things, you have to give things up. And I suppose in that sense, yes, there is some connection between people skeptical of global warming alarmism and people asking questions about the length and effectiveness of quarantines. Now, excuse me, folks. I'm just going to interrupt briefly here. I want to ask you to do something for us. You've heard of the 97% number. We've made a video about it. But now I want to talk about the 86%, which is the proportion, apparently, of people who are watching our videos but have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel. I want to ask you to do that because it helps us to build our audience and build the channel. So. The button's right there. Just click on it. I can wait. Right there. You're subscribed? Great, because that way you'll hear about it as soon as we make a new video. And as I say, it helps us to build the channel and sustain CDN. So thanks for that. Now back to the show. If your whole approach to public policy is that economic costs don't matter or simply can be wished away, or to put it a little more gently, if you really don't get the concept of trade-offs, or as non-economists might prefer to call them, painful choices, then of course you won't understand why anyone was reluctant to order businesses closed and entire economies locked down, or worried that people staying home for months with no exercise and no income could have devastating health consequences. And yes, to be fair, it is rather along these lines that some of us have tried to point out that if you take drastic measures to limit greenhouse gas emissions, also known as getting rid of the indispensable, reliable, affordable energy that we get from fossil fuels, there will be enormous human costs due to cold, hunger, and other kinds of want. These aren't abstractions. This is real suffering and death, especially in poorer countries. So, 
We want proof that the sacrifice is justified and we're not impressed when abuse takes the place of argument and response. We do understand that many climate activists view such questioning as mere stalling and consider it immoral. And we realize that, to them, on the same grounds, reluctance to take drastic action on the first hints of a viral pandemic is just another form of blockheaded denialism. But we have a better way of describing it. We want debate. We want to look at the evidence for ourselves, whether it's about the impact of coronavirus on public health or the impact of carbon dioxide on the climate. And we want to know whether the proposed cure is worse than the disease. If that's denialism, then we're guilty as charged. But there was a time when a certain degree of skepticism about received wisdom was considered a sign of strength of character and of mind. You know, some of our American friends may know, Missouri's nickname, the Show Me State, was originally an insult, claiming the inhabitants were so dumb they had to have everything demonstrated before their eyes before they could grasp it. But instead, Missourians adopted it as a badge of pride. They said they weren't rubes who bought anything the salesman said experts say over. The newsletter deals with other aspects of the effort to link the pandemic with climate change, including a spat in the National Post over whether some climate activists have been just a little too, shall we say, unsubtle in welcoming the devastation COVID-19 is causing because they think it might smooth the way to the green utopia they've been pining for instead of underlining what a real crisis looks like. On a lighter note, we also take you to Fredericton, New Brunswick for this week's 1919 or 2019 quiz. And we talk about the rising tides or lack of same, including, from the east coast of North America, some new very long-term data showing that today's rate of sea level rise is not much different from what was happening in the 1700s, and is thus obviously part of a very long-term pattern that predates modern fossil fuel use and is not driven by it. As always, there's lots more in the newsletter, and I hope you'll have a look at it, pass it on to some friends, and make sure you sign up for a subscription if you haven't already. We've been hearing from people all over the world about how much they appreciate our content, and we in turn very much appreciate their feedback, encouragement, and support. We even got a note, quote, all the way from Canada, quote, well, howdy neighbor. For those of you who share our belief that this work is important, please take a moment to visit the donate page and sign up for a monthly pledge. Experts may say it's a bad time to ask for money, but you know how us deniers never listen to the experts. A small amount, $2, $5, $10 a month, it all makes a big difference to us. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson.